Welcome to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris, the show that meets at the intersection of education and entertainment to discuss online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, and all facets of selling on Amazon. We'll bring you news, tactics, strategies, insights, stories, and interviews to help you grow your Amazon business. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Grant and Chris Rasick. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to this week's episode of Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. We are back at it again. This is episode number three. Uh, and it's a bit of a clickbaity title, I will admit. Uh, but hopefully we drop a, a few nuggets uh, your way. And uh, hopefully you weren't uh, coming to this episode to uh, get rich quick. But before we get there, we've got a few other things we want to chat about. Chris, thanks for joining me again. Uh, I appreciate you keeping me on top of this. How are you doing this week, man? Doing good. Doing good. The uh, first full week after uh, vacation a little bit left me scatterbrained, uh, which which is always the case, you know, trying to get caught up and whatnot. But we're getting there. It's, uh, it's a good week overall. So I meant, to, I meant to ask you something last week when we talked about vacation. Did... While you were on vacation, did you do a like a dopamine detox at all? Did you leave the phone somewhere and and turn off all social media, or were you like, no, I'm not doing that? <laughs> no. no, no. I even brought the laptop and said, you know what, I I better source a little bit just to kind of <laughs> just to keep the beast fed a little bit. It was uh, and and I contemplated a picture. I kind of had a setup of of a Instagram post maybe of you know, that my laptop by the beach, you know, or poolside. And, you know, I had some stupid quote in my head about uh, doing more of what got me here. <laughs> Something stupid like that. But no, no, I, I did not detox. I, I specifically went down there saying, you know, I want to source uh, uh, X number of dollars while I'm there. Okay. Well, I'm, so I'm thinking, I, I listened to, I can't remember who it was. I think it may have been Andrew Wilkinson. Uh, he's a Canadian fella who, uh, he run, uh, he runs like nine or 10 different businesses. It's, it's insane. Uh, but I, I listened to a podcast with him and he did a, a bit of a dopamine detox because during COVID he just, he was always on some, it was on some screen, computer screen, phone screen. And so he finally just pulled the trigger. So my wife and I and my son, we have a vacation scheduled the first weekend in June and we're just going to go to the beach. And I was thinking maybe for maybe for 24 hours, I would try it. I, I don't know how well I'll do. I, I'm <laughs> I mean, it's hard to get that monkey off your back. Uh, but I was thinking about giving giving it a shot. One of my good friends is, is an IT guy. And not only is an IT guy, he's a huge gamer too so essentially his face is in a screen uh every waking hour uh but he used to go up to canada his uh family or in-laws or something had a cabin uh, but like no electricity you know and you have to either take a boat or or you know some sort of place and and obviously no signal for the cell phone and uh he would he couldn't get a screen if he wanted to oh, wow. uh, and, and he's he loves those vacations. I mean, he, he, the way he talks about them, I mean, he's, he's absolutely loved them, which, which seems surprising. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, somebody that connected in his day to day, uh, you know, would enjoy a vacation like that, uh, that much, that, but yeah, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. Maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll just start with 12 hours, just dip my toe in the water, just just a touch, and see what I think about it before I commit to a full 24. <clears throat> I would have I would have tried it if I had a problem, but I mean clearly I don't have a problem. So obviously, you know, yeah, naturally. <laughs> uh so i think there was something else we we were going to chat about a little bit you want to go uh, off the reservation a touch before we hit the episode this this week yes I, I i've forgotten to tell you this i've forgotten to bring it up probably half a dozen times now but uh we we tend to like the same shows mm-hmm. so uh i needed to tell you about the latest uh really good show that i've been watching um have you heard of slow horses I don't think so. Okay. It, it's on Apple TV, okay. uh, which is kind of the redheaded stepchild of uh, the streaming services, maybe. But uh, if you ever get access to Apple TV, um, check out Slow Horses. It's uh, See, I'm, I'm a sucker for British uh, spy shows and procedurals. Okay. Uh, something about it. Like I've Line of Duty is, is one of my all time favorite shows and, uh, Broad Church on Netflix was fantastic. Uh, so there's something about the the British shows, but uh, this is uh, it's Gary Oldman. Well, I'm which, a sucker for Gary Oldman. Oh, I, now that Daniel Day Lewis retired from acting, I mean Gary Oldman would make a claim for our greatest living actor. I, I think he's fantastic. I would agree uh, with that. Yeah. So he stars uh, as a, a burnout uh, MI5 agent, kind of running a, a house of rejected. MI5 agents who mm-hmm. are kind of cast off and, and uh, of course they get, they get mixed up in, in a, you know, a case with the, the main, main MI5 branch and stuff. It's, it's so good. Uh, yeah. Check it out. If you, if you get it, I will, I will have to check it out. There's a couple shows on Apple TV and I have it, you know, I, uh, I am, I am thoroughly entrenched in the cult of Apple. And so, if if Tim Cook tells me to buy it, I just I just throw my credit card at him, uh, and so of course I have I have Apple TV. I've been meaning to check out Ted Lasso. I'll have to check out that. I know there's a few others that are supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, Severance <laughs> is the other Apple show that I'm that I have to decide whether uh, what I'm going to start next. Okay, so, but Ozark Ozark's in the mix too, so it's going to be a tough decision on what I start next. Ozark is an excellent show. I mean, it, if, if anybody is into pop culture and watching this, I would imagine, uh, you know, 70% or more have probably watched Ozark or are currently binging the last season of Ozark. And it's that's on my to-do list as well. Uh, because yeah. Jason Bateman is, he's a, a national treasure in my opinion. <laughs> he is. It, it's he, it's an odd career path uh, that he took, but mm-hmm. um he does surprisingly well. He he does an excellent job on that show, which honestly surprised me. Yeah, yeah, me too. I because it's you know why he does still have you know that dry wit he's known for. Uh, I mean, it's not a comedy like he's typically in, uh, and no. so but he's he's crushed it. I think he's done a, done a great job. I agree. Okay, all right, enough enough chit chat. Let's let's get into what we're going to talk about tonight and this topic. Uh, it came from a couple of things. Number one, my Facebook timeline and well, heck, e- even my Instagram DMs now, uh, you know, every time I check it, it's, you know, dear sir, you know, we will, we'll take over your Amazon account for you or, you know, some form of message like that. Uh, and my 
Facebook timeline is littered with ads all about automation. I've seen YouTube automation, eBay automation, Shopify automation, Facebook automation, Walmart automation, and I've even seen one for uh, trucking automation. So you just hand over your cold hard dollars and they'll buy truck routes and you know semi truck routes across the country uh, for you to profit off of. Uh, now, the one that I may abhor the most, and maybe it's because I you know I love the Amazon community, is the Amazon automation. Uh, and specifically there was a guy talking about it in FBA today. And that, you know, after I read through all the comments and, and things, I, my blood started to boil. Um, and I know that there's probably going to be some hate comments for this podcast. And, but this is totally a hill I'm willing to die on. Amazon automation is complete bullshit. And we're going to talk about why tonight. And then of course, we're going to talk about some things that you should do instead uh, that will not get you your account nuked eventually. All right. So if we get a TikTok page, that little snippet <laughs> needs to be our first TikTok. Okay. Promise. Amazon automation is bullshit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said it with some real punch. I mean, that was, that was a good, that was a good snippet. Yeah. Uh, I will. Use that one. I'll make sure to cut that out and we can, we can both, uh, put it on, uh, on Instagram, which <laughs> by the way, just a little plug, We've now both got our Instagrams below the, the videos. So make sure to go down there, check them out, and give us both a follow on, uh, on Instagram. I need, uh, I need the clout uh, over there on IG. I'm, uh, I did a podcast not too long ago with some, some Instagram Amazon guys. And uh, when I realized how old they were compared to how old I am, I, I, w I felt really out of touch. Yeah, I need to try to try to give me enough follow so I can have at least one one thousandth the amount of followers that my son has on Instagram. <laughs> so that, that would be a, a small win there. So, but Chris, so you're you're essentially uh, you're essentially saying this episode is going to be about how the ads uh, that the people that watch us on YouTube have to wait to skip uh, those ads are bullshit, right? We're going to talk about that. Yes, we are. I and I, I don't want to, you know. I always like to say 99% because there is going to be that diamond in the rough where, you know, maybe it's a legit business opportunity. You know, I, I do get defensive when someone's like, Oh, you're, you know, you're a guru and, and you don't, you know, you can't do anything or what you teach is garbage. And I do take offense to that because I do try to be legit and upfront and honest and, and everything. But yeah, yeah. 99% of those ads are just total BS and it, it is starting to get under my skin a little bit. And and we'll talk about why here in a moment, but yeah. Yeah. So it's all those ads that, that start with, uh, is there a bigger turnoff than what if I told you, you could make, you know, and then whatever it is like, like, no, that's the longest five seconds ever waiting for that skip ad to, to light up. Yeah. You know, I was like, what if I told you, you had a punchable face that I would never give money to. <laughs> How about that? You know, I yeah, wish there was some sort of response. I mean, I don't understand how they get away with it with the FTC um, mm -hmm. or maybe you know, maybe the FTC just doesn't really do that good of a job uh, or they're following the letter of the law. I, I don't know. Uh, I've never run those kinds of ads. So uh, but I know for anybody who's still listening, I know one of the things that people are going to ask is, well, 
Chris, what what is Amazon automation? This thing that you you hate so much. Uh, well, that's a great question. I would love to tell you. And now I should also I should really preface this by saying that I've never tried it, uh, but I've never tried cyanide either. And I know <laughs> I don't care for that stuff. Uh, you know, in my opinion, Amazon automation is cyanide for your Amazon account. But uh, the unfortunate thing, you know, with the Amazon automation is that the cyanide is on a time release and you never know when it's going to hit. So in 99% of the cases, at least the ones that I've looked at, and I went down a deep rabbit hole uh, over the past couple of days, uh, these Amazon automation agencies charge you a really steep setup fee. And what really kind of pissed me off is that one guy who had obviously watched some of these videos or maybe even taken a call with one of these agencies was like, hey, I am thinking about getting a loan to get into this business. And so I started looking around and they're 10,000 or 20,000. Uh, I've seen one for $30,000 just to get it set up. All right. And I would love to be like, oh, like, listen, if, if someone came to me and was like, hey, listen, if you've got $30,000 and I can absolutely set up a business for you and I could, you know, I could see what was going on and why it was worth the 30000 you know, like, I don't know, buying a Chick-fil-A franchise, which is actually only ten grand, um, well, I could I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, huh. you're then you then are, you know, basically married to Chick-fil-A for the rest of your life and you get the secret whatever, Chick-fil-A handshake and all of that. And you can't like own any other businesses, but it's only 10 grand. Uh, but these agencies are, are taking, you know, up to $30,000. And essentially all it is, is them getting access to your Amazon account. They're not doing anything special. They might guide you into how to set up an LLC, uh, how to set up some business credit cards so that you can pay for all of this or how to get a business loan. Uh, there are those kinds of things that they might do for you, uh, but that's just so that they can get paid up front. And then what's going to happen is after you give them access, they're gonna say, okay, you, you, uh, you can wash your hands of this, you can go away and you just take our, you know, take the checks when you get them. Uh, but they're gonna use your account and they're gonna drop ship from places and they'll, they'll call it wholesale automation or whatever, but they're going to drop ship on places like Sam's Club, Walmart, Costco, uh, you know, maybe some other places, Webstaurant store, uh, you know, some of these places that don't mind some larger quantities of sales or, or purchases. And they're going to drop ship to a customer that buys from your store. Now, if you didn't know this already, this is completely in violation of Amazon's drop shipping policy. You you cannot drop ship from uh, retailers, which Sam's Club, Costco, Walmart, Target, all of those places, they're retailers. They're not wholesalers or anything like that. Uh, you can blind drop ship. There are ways to drop ship properly. I mean, I'm not saying you can't do it. You just can't do it this way. All right. Uh, and and one of the big things is that it comes in a branded box. You know, if you order something from Walmart or Sam's Club or Target, it comes in a branded box from that retailer and that's not allowed. Okay. And that part's pretty clear. And that part, 
Yeah, that I mean, part's that's, scary. That's black and white. Yeah, and and I get it. Amazon doesn't want any brand confusion, and and this is why Walmart and you know has implemented that you cannot merchant fulfill from Amazon, which Amazon then came out with the blind box shipping, so that you know you can block Amazon fulfillment, you can block Amazon boxes, and now you can merchant fulfill to Walmart, and Walmart's cool with it because there's no brand. Um, dilution, you know, the, the Walmart customer doesn't think, oh, this came from Amazon. Someone's drop shipping it to me from somewhere else. Uh, and we could go into all the nuances of why that might be. Well, I mean, one of the first things that comes to my head is if I order something from Walmart, all right, you, you, let's say you sell me something on Walmart and I buy it from you and it gets shipped to me and I get it in an Amazon box. And I'm like, wait, I ordered this from Walmart. Why did I get it? Well, I don't know. If you're like me, I'm going to go look it up on Amazon and, and then feel hosed because I paid, you know, 10 or $20 more. Yeah. And, you're revealing your source. Yeah, that's it, not good. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people are going to say. And, and one of the reasons I know this is I've actually done it. I've done it on eBay in the past. That's why I lost one of my eBay accounts, you know, years and years ago is because I was drop shipping from retailers. It was a great run, uh, you know, but then you get four or five people complaining because, oh, well, you sent this to me in a, you know, a BH photo box and I ordered it from eBay. And then, you know, the receipt was in the box and now I'm irritated, uh, you know, and so that, that's kind of the, the thing. But what happens is eventually you get caught for a number of reasons. Number one, enough customers complain about price and getting it at a Walmart box and whatever, or you get a ton of returns or um, or there are complaints about the, the shipping times because Amazon shipping criteria is you got a pretty tight window. You know, maybe you have a day or two to be able to uh, for processing, but then you got to get it out there and not everybody ships like like Walmart or well, not Walmart, actually. Not everybody ships like Amazon. Target's pretty good. I usually get things from Target within a day or two. Walmart's pretty good, uh, but Sam's Club is not so great. I just ordered from Dick's, and I don't expect that stuff until the end of, of May. Uh, so, um, but Walgreens will completely destroy the package. You don't even think about that. Because they, they never, Walgreens shipping department actually is, they drop it off the side of a mountain down to the delivery trucks. I don't know if you know that, uh, but that's, uh, that's their uh, infrastructure for shipping. They're like conveyor belts. We don't need any conveyor belts. We've got a 20% decline right here. We can just toss it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now on top of the steep fees that is charged to get you set up, uh, which is, it irritates me because your account only costs $39.99 a month. Uh, and there's nothing special they're going to do to it. Well, after that big fee, they also then want to split the profits with you for their done for you work. All right. And, and here's the other rub. Okay. Uh, in 99% of the cases that 20,000 or $30,000, that, that doesn't get you any inventory. All right. That doesn't get you squat. doesn't matter if they, I saw one that was like, Oh yeah, come on down to our warehouse and check it out. They happen to be here in Orlando. And I was so tempted to hit that schedule <laughs> a call and a, and a tour button. Um, 
in person. I'm kind of a, a cuddly teddy bear, though, and I don't I don't uh, call people out publicly, uh, you know, unless I've got the safety of a screen in front of me. And uh, and I was looking at their tour video and there are vacuum cleaners out of the boxes and, uh, you know, returns from Amazon piled up everywhere. I'm like, that's not inventory. I'm like, that's that stuff you couldn't sell is what that is. Uh, you know, but they want to split these profits. Sorry. They want to split these profits with you. Uh, and sorry, I lost my train of thought, uh, uh, jumping on these guys. Uh, but once they have your store all set up, you then have to also pay for the product that gets shipped to the customers. So, and here's the thing about drop shipping. It's not a completely hassle-free kind of process. You have to get a sale. You then have to front the money because Amazon holds on to it until the customer gets the, the product. So you front the money to buy it from the retailer, ship it to the, have them ship it to the customer. And then once that tracking number hits, then Amazon will release the funds. All right. And if you have a new account, well, guess what? They're probably going to also hold on to it for a little extra time just to make sure there's no issues because you don't have that trust built up with Amazon quite yet. All right. Uh, and then you have to split that with the people who are doing the done for you model. Uh, and this sounds, this all sounds great so far, but here's the problem. What happens when Amazon catches on and you do get your account nuked and they've got $5,000 or $20,000 or $50,000 in money that they're going to hold on to until you can prove to them that you weren't drop shipping, which you absolutely can't do. Well, I can tell you from not only experience, but also from talking to other people, there's a lot of times when Amazon does not give you that money ever if you've been suspended. It's gone. Uh, you can take them to arbitrage, arbitrage, arbitration if you want to, uh, you know, but chances are you're probably not going to, and you're just going to walk away. And then guess who's on the hook for that money? Do you think it's the, think it's those companies? Spoiler uh, alert. Yeah. They're, they're gone. You know, they're like, sorry, maybe they'll be like, Hey, we'll try to help you get another account, which it's possible. You can create a new entity and get new cards and a new address and new IP addresses or, you know, go buy an account, uh, you know, from someone who has been letting it sit around for a while and change the information on it. Hope Amazon doesn't catch on that it's it's you with another account, uh, you know, but there's time and money uh, again. And so I don't know. Whenever I see an ad like these and they and I I'm going to pull this. These words are right from the Google ads. All right. Their ads talk about fast money, turnkey, 100% hands-off, passive income, no heavy lifting. If, if I were a girl looking for a Tinder date and those were the words in the, in the profile, <laughs> they would be massive red flags. Uh, which, and, which way do you swipe? Which one's yeah, the good swipe? Good question. I am... Yeah, we're I both am, married. We, we, we don't know that information. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that answer. <laughs> um, but those are huge, huge red flags. And it 
I don't know. This kind of thing really, really frustrates me. All right. I've got a couple thoughts before I I don't want to, I mean, you're on such a roll. I I hate to, I I hate to pinch it off, but okay. The way you just described it, I, I couldn't help but think at least the first part, I couldn't help but think of the big Lebowski when he's talking to Tara Reed and he goes, uh, yeah, let me just go find a cash machine. Um, and then the other, my other thought is, are you trying to talk the listeners out of doing this? Or are you trying to talk me into starting one of these automation? Uh, because I'll tell you what, I, I could be swayed that, uh, reputation and self-respect are a little overrated. You know, I, I think, I mean, when, when you got to the 20 to 30 grand up front, I started uh, questioning my, uh, my own morals. I, it is easy. It, and that's one of the problems with me. I, I think the, the ability to look at myself in the mirror every day um, comes at a price. And that price is a smaller bank account that I could probably have if I were, you know, in this game for, just a cash grab, um, you know, but, but then I look at the people who are doing this and, you know, they're, I, I did, I went and stalked, uh, social media profiles. I, I went and read a bunch of copy on sales pages, you know, and there are these 25 year old kids wearing Balenciaga and, and Dolce and Gabbana, you know, sneakers and hanging out in Miami nightclubs and renting Lambos, which they admitted. So they get my respect for admitting it was a rented Lambo. Uh, you know, but I don't know, man. Well, the, you know, the joke's on them because the Air Monarch is actually coming in back into style. I'm I not know sure if it ever was, but if it if it was in style at some point, it's coming back. So, you know, you can have your fancy shoes. You know, give me those uh, grass stained New Balance all day. That's right. That's yeah, right. That's hashtag sarcasm. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, but like, I this is this is frustrating. Like on a more you know, maybe 50,000 foot level mm-hmm. is the fact that these people are making money, you know, like that's these, these guys are debunked pretty easily. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it, I watched, uh, you know, in research in this episode, in this topic, I, I you know, I watched a, uh, an eight minute video of, of somebody who explained, you know, and basically his, you know, his punch was the, the terms of service, which, you know, that should shut everything down right there. But, um, yeah, it, has there ever been a, a greater sales pitch than here's a massive benefit with no work related on your part? You know, I mean, has there has there been anything greater in in the history of sales pitches? Um, you know, get rich while you watch TV, lose weight with no diet or exercise. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's a reason that the weight loss industry was projected to hit a quarter of a trillion dollars. Uh, in in 2021, yeah, and it's growing. And and they're yeah, they said the the study that I read had 254 billion dollars in 2021, and that was expected to grow to over 330 billion dollars in the matter of a few years. So it, it's still a growing industry. I mean, it amazes me. So let me this this might be a tangent here a little bit, but uh, uh, I'll try to make a quick story for you. Um, when I worked my office job. Uh, there was, there always seemed to be some sort of weight loss contest or, you know, some group effort to, to shed some pounds going on, which makes sense. It's all, you know, we're all sitting at a desk and we're all desk jockeys and, you know, um, the sedentary uh, nature of the, the work will, uh, 
you know, and all the snacks that people, you know, just always bring in. It's, it's going to pack. Always, always donuts in the break room. Oh, donuts. And, and, oh, and, and the one, one lady owned an Italian restaurant. She brought pepperoni rolls in on the regular. Ah, it was irresistible. Um, so, but, uh, <laughs> my favorite method, and, and there was some wacky stuff that I saw, but my favorite method that I saw over the 10 years that I worked at, at the bank was there was one lady that she, she had either read or heard that you could lose weight by adding butter to your coffee, like actual butter, old school sticks of butter. There was, and there was a plastic knife and the wax paper opened in the break room by the coffee maker. So I don't know if it, you know, maybe the, the diuretic properties of, of that combination, you know, that, that might make a smaller number on the scale. Um, yeah. But I think it's safe to say that that is not long-term nor healthy. So, but, uh, you know, and there's really only two diet fads that truly work. Um, and those two are a health scare or a divorce. Oh, uh, those are good ones. I, yeah. I got to, I got to cut in for a second. Have you seen the ads for the guy who, that's his niche. It is, he trains women who are recently divorced and want to get a revenge body. <laughs> He's a real guy. He's got, got Fabio hair. I've seen a few of his videos. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, he's just, he's, he's replaced. I mean, you know, just do it the old fashioned way. Do it with, uh, you know, absolute vodka, just uh, with a little bit of ice. But, uh, <laughs> but no, th those are the two, you know, I, I don't suggest seeking either one of those methods out. Um, maybe you could give this Fabio guy a try maybe, but um, you know, the, the other two, uh, uh, certainly I recommend it. So, so anyway, so, so I have a, a, an, an on again, off again relationship with about 30 or 40 pounds. Um, mostly on, uh, <laughs> however, um, you know, so usually a, there's a cycle that I go through and, uh, you know, it, when the time comes that I get the phone call from my doctor with the results of my blood work. Um, and she, she essentially tells me that I have syrup running through my veins. Um, <laughs> That uh, and then she throws around pre-diabetic and diabetic and that you know words like that. That that genuinely spooks me, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and that's um, it, and it's genuine. So I, I end up changing my diet. I you know I start exercising more. You know it 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 scares me straight. So um, so the first time I got that call, one of those calls, um, I ended up dropping forty-five pounds over oh, nice. the course of like six months, right? And uh, it was mostly diet. Like I, I did very little exercise. Um, what I was using, I was using, um, oh, I'm not going to be able to think of the app. Um, one of the My fitness, fitness pal. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I tracked everything that I ate. Right. And then I had, I, she ran, she mentioned diabetes. So I looked up, or as Wilford Brimley says, diabetes. Um, <laughs> so I looked up those numbers and kind of, you know, got a guide of, of what my carbs should be and, you know, different, different numbers. Um, so, and I just plugged that in and I just, I logged everything, you know, and, and eventually, you know, the incentive was to not go over, you know, whatever the calories was that, that, you know, that told me that I, I should stay under. So, but, um, and I, and I obviously I cut way down on, on sugar and carbs, you know, that was the, the main thing. Um, so, so eventually on the, the path to losing 45 pounds, I ended up running into the butter coffee lady in the break room, you know, and of course she gave me a compliment cause it was, it was noticeable, obviously. Um, 
and she said, Oh, you look great. You know, what's your secret? You know? So, so naturally I told her, I, I said, well, I, I said, I started eating 10 sticks of butter a day. I said, but uh, you know, the, the key is don't put them in your coffee. That's a mistake you're making. You got to eat them like a candy bar. Um, so once she, she finished cussing me out, um, calling me a smart ass or whatnot. Um, you know, I told her, I said, you know, the, the secret, my secret is simply operating on a caloric deficit. Mm -hmm. Now that's it. I said that, you know, there's no pill, there's no method, you know, there's no secret, you know, it, it's simply burning more calories than you take in, you know, and, and I, you know, I joked about divorce and, and health scares being the, the, the only fads that work, but it's, you know, it's the fear that kind of forces the change for me, at least not everybody. Like if you're one of those people that are just self-motivated, you know, and, and you'll set up an alarm to go running at 5 a.m. because you just want to look better naked. I, God love you. But, uh, you know, I, I need uh, I need the fear of God put in me because you know, mm -hmm. really, I've been talking about it for months prior to, you know, prior to that, you know, about, oh, I should go to the gym and whatnot, you know, all sorts of things. But, you know, the, the spark, like we talked about last week, just get going. You know, there um, there were enough mental obstacles and, oh, I'll get to it later. And, you know, all that sort of stuff kept me from it. So but, it, you know, truly, uh, there's no there's no free lunch, you know, anything. And especially the key things are if it doesn't require work, if it doesn't require diet and exercise, if we're talking about weight loss, if it if it doesn't require work with a with a wealth building scheme or they say it's quick, <laughs> you know, chances are that, you know, that it's a scam. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm 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 reminded of of a little bit of what we talked about last week and <clears throat> more people need to start thinking about decades and not days. You know, whether it's weight loss or work or you know, building a building out a business, it you've got to you got to be in it for the long haul. It's you're not going to lose 45 pounds in a month like uh, the magazines at the checkout say. You're going to lose 45 pounds in 6 months and then uh, the real hard part is keeping it off uh, for the other 6 months. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. in the same in a business there, you know, it, it takes work. Um, yeah. And so I want to talk about a few reasons why you should not use Amazon automation and we've covered it a little bit, but I want to, I want to hit the highlights for you in case you've, uh, you've hit the, the scroll button on the podcast app a few times to see what's where we're going with this. But here's one of the things, number one, they're unreasonably expensive to get started. If listen, if if you needed twenty or thirty thousand dollars to get started on Amazon, there's a, a whole heck of a lot of people who would have never been able to do it, uh, and that's unfortunate. I think I think this opportunity is too great, uh, you know, for someone who doesn't necessarily want to build their own retail empire or a service business or something like that to uh, to only have people who have twenty thirty thousand dollars to get started. Right out of the gate, you're breaking Amazon terms of service. I, I don't care how they color it, uh, you know, what kind of, of spin they put on it, telling you it's a, a horse of a different color, whatever. Uh, it, you're breaking terms of service. There, there's no way. And I was trying to, I was trying to think about this. You know, these people say, oh, well, it, it's it's wholesale automation. Uh, and so to me, that that's like, oh, well, you pre-vet all these wholesalers and you order this stock and you hold it. And then you're going to sell it for me and you're going to take a, a piece of the markup. The problem is if you have 50 or even 100 clients, 
you tell me what business is going to be able to order that much inventory and hold it uh, until you you get it sold. It just doesn't work that way. All right. Uh, the risk, no matter what kind of risk reversal they they try to say or anything like that, the risk is on you. I can guarantee that if you drop the 30 grand and you get your account shut down and maybe you've got another 5,000 or $10,000 on a credit card, they're not going to cut you a check for that. It's, you know, it's not going to happen. They've already rented the Lambo. They've already bought the Balenciaga t-shirt and the Dolce shoes. They don't have the money to, to cut you that check. All right. So it's going to be on you. Your risk of suspension is high. Uh, they're, you're breaking the terms of service. Do you see some people get away with it for a long time? Yeah, absolutely. But eventually you get caught. Okay. Um, there's also been reports and, and I, this is anecdotal. I've, I've read, well, I've read about it. I have not, you know, talked to a person firsthand, but there's reports of some of these agencies that push people into getting loans and increasing credit card limits to pay for the services and the products. And I don't know when, if somebody is ever pushing you to, Hey, why don't you get on the call? Or why don't you hop on a call with your bank right now and increase your credit card limit so that you can afford this because you can't afford it out of cash. That that's really a turnoff for me. Um, the guarantees are bullshit. I, you know, I saw one that said if you don't make your investment back in 24 months, so two years, you drop 30 grand. If you haven't made that 30 grand back in two years, they'll write you a check for the difference. One, I don't see these kids being around in 24 months. I would imagine they're like, you know what? Yeah, we'll go ahead. We'll we'll uh, we'll put out this guarantee. In about 22 months, we're going to be out of here anyway. We're going to be on to the next thing. Uh, there was a group of private label course sellers that uh, kind of did this. They were they were around for like 12 months and then vanished just off the face of the earth. Haven't seen them anywhere. Uh, the warehouse tours I watched in some of these videos with used vacuums on the shelves and just enough inventory to kind of make it look like they're not drop shipping. That really frustrated me because now you're not just you know, you're not just putting pig or lipstick on a pig. You're now just straight up kind of lying, you know? Uh, and then the other question that I, I had is if you can absolutely crush at this, why are you telling anybody? Why are you taking $30,000 up front when you could go to friends and family and angel investors and, you know, money is not hard to get. Okay. It's just, I know people like to say it, you know, money is hard to come by, but if you've got an incredible idea and you can actually turn a profit, unlike, you know, these tech unicorns out in Silicon Valley, uh, people are going to line up to throw money at you because they want, they want a taste of the action, which I guess is probably why this works. You know, they show these numbers from other people and then People who do have some money are willing to risk a little bit of money and say, hey, let me throw some money at you so I can get a taste of the action. There, there are a whole lot of people, you know, there's a it's becoming more accepted to play lottery tickets. Uh, and not literally lottery tickets, but, you know, like the the crypto and the NFTs, mm -hmm. you know, there, there are a lot of people, you know, and 
like you said, the investors, you know, who just kind of throw, throw some money at something and, and, you know, they're hoping to 100 X their money, you know, down the road at some point in time, you know, it's kind of an accepted uh, a practice almost, you know, you hear a lot about it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, because we are an, an education focused uh, podcast, we of course have to tell you what you should do instead. You know, if you ever, hopefully you come across this podcast, this video on, on YouTube before you ever get, uh, get taken down by an Amazon automation agency. But you know, here are the three things that you should probably do instead. And there's actually four, we're going to combine two of them to make it into three, but arbitrage, we're going to start off with that one because that's kind of our, it's kind of our bread and butter. Um, Online arbitrage, retail arbitrage. It, you know, I actually want to ask you this question. What, when you go out and you start looking for things to, you know, how to make money online, how to make money on Amazon, whatever kind of path you meandered down when you got into it, what pulled you to arbitrage compared to going directly to wholesale or private label? Uh, probably the main thing would be the, uh, the lower amount of money, you know, the, the entry level, as far as cash outlay it, is much lower, you know, mm -hmm. and we talked about it last week, you know, you could start with zero if you wanted to, yeah. um, you know, depending on, on what you, whether, if you wanted to flip some stuff that you exist, you know, that you had in your house already, um, you know, like I did, you know, and it was an old cell phone and on the Facebook marketplace and, you know, and then I flipped some stuff on eBay and, and all of it, the goal was to build up, uh, you know, enough resources to, then start purchasing uh, through retail stuff and, and, and online arbitrage, you know, to move into the Amazon uh, realm. So, so yeah, the, so as far as from the money perspective, you know, the cost of entry is, can be as low as you want it to be. Mm -hmm. um, plus the, the concept, you know, I, I, I love, you know, I love being able to find, uh, you know, being able to leverage, you know, discounts and, and, you know, whether it be disc, you know, coupon codes and sales and, and BOGOs and whatnot. And, and, you know, chip away at that, that, uh, you know, the cost of goods while the whole time their products, that same product is still selling for the full price on Amazon. You know, I, I just, I, I loved it. Something, something attracted me to, to that, you know, just the arbitrage itself, you know, the actual practice of it. Uh, uh, yeah. I was very curious about it. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, so here's why I like arbitrage, whether it's retail or, or online arbitrage, but it is, it, there's a much lower barrier to entry, which means there's going to be a little bit more, you know, um, competition. However, this business, like any business, the failure rate is pretty high. So if you can stick around and, you know, and think decades, not days, you can actually kind of come out ahead long-term in my opinion. All right. There's always going to be new competition, but they fizzle out. That's just the nature of business. Any, any business, you got an 80 to 90% failure rate just happens. Um, but that, that lower barrier to entry, I think is fantastic. You get to take a series of small bets. You know, it's, I think we, and I know we've talked about this, there's no other business that I'm really aware of where you can, you got to pay Amazon the $39.99. That's non-negotiable. Or uh, heck, you can have a free account if you want to. You just pay them an extra 99 cents for every order. You know, but where else can you go and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to throw down a $5 bill and I'm going to see if this works. I'm going to sell one thing. 
uh, well, heck, you know, if you go to, like I said, you go to a Dollar Tree, you get five things for that, or I guess three and a half, you know, depending on their prices now. But, uh, you know, you can take these series of small bets. With arbitrage, there is the ability to scale. Uh, in both retail and online arbitrage. I know we've talked about Dan, who, you know, is, I want to say he's going to do eight figures in sales. I, I should probably just ask him, uh, you know, and I know, uh, I know another guy who is going to be hitting eight figures in sales. Can't remember what state he's in. His name is uh, John. You know, there are a couple of guys here in Florida who hit eight figures in sale. They did like 12 or $15 million in retail arbitrage sales on Amazon uh, before they were 25 or 26. Like these kids, these kids started right out of college. Uh, so there is an ability to scale. It may take you a lot longer than, than what you like. Um, and there are easy ways to learn. Uh, you do have the ability to outsource, maybe not right out front, but eventually you can hire a team for doing retail arbitrage. You can hire virtual assistants for online arbitrage. You know, you can bring in preppers, you can use prep centers. You know, there are ways to make sure that you're not a bottleneck in the business. You don't have to do everything on your own. And you can, I mean, you can automate quite a bit of arbitrage. Yeah. You know, repricing. I mean, we could go down the list of all the things that you can automate. Um, the other thing that you can do is you can do wholesale and this is a little bit more difficult to do, depending on what sort of wholesale you want to do. There's there's kind of two kinds. One is reaching out to distributors, and two would be kind of like brand management. And brand management is what I have some friends who do that, and they do very well at it. Uh, but it's a lot more of a, a difficult animal to, to tackle. So we'll talk about reaching out to distributors. Uh, that is a great way if you want to kind of take some medium-sized bets. And one of the one of the myths that are out there is, oh well, you've got to you got to have a few thousand dollars to get started in wholesale, and that's just complete, completely untrue. And you know, there are a lot of places that'll have a minimum order quantity of two hundred and fifty bucks. You know, it's more than you have to pay out with arbitrage, but it comes from a distributor rather than you know, the local Target or Walmart. Uh, wholesale is fairly easy to scale. Takes some work, you know, going, number one, it's a relationship business. You got to be able to dial for dollars, uh, do email follow-ups, uh, you know, glad hand a few people, maybe go to some trade shows. Uh, so it takes a little bit more work, but you can scale it up pretty easily. You know, you just get another distributor, and go through their list of how many ever SKUs they might have and pick out the profitable ones and sell them. Uh, and there's a little bit more of a moat around this type of business because of fear of failure and, you know, people's time. Maybe they don't have the time to call distributors during the day when they're going to be open. Uh, and maybe you're just better at shaking hands and kissing babies than other people are. And that's okay to use that to your advantage. Uh, and then the last one would be private label. Private label would, still confuses me, and, you know, and I need to learn more about it. But uh, private label is going to be the hardest of all of these. You got to take much larger bets normally. You usually can't 
can't just spend, you know, 500 or a thousand dollars, you know, ordering something from China. You need to spend a couple thousand dollars to really take a, a stab at it. Uh, you can get things built or you can get things manufactured here in the United States. Uh, but again, the price is typically going to be a little bit higher. You're not going to pay, you know, a couple dollars a unit. You might have to pay 10 or $20 a unit. Uh, but if it's made in America, you've got a little bit, another moat around your business. Um, so you've got to take much larger bets, but you've got to worry about black hat competitors. There is a lot of competition in the private label space, especially in certain niches. If you want to get into the supplement space, you might as well just figure that you're going to be, you're going to get trying, someone is going to try to take you down on Amazon. Uh, and then private label, you can scale, but you better be good at bringing new SKUs to Amazon. You better be good at marketing or influencer marketing or PPC ads or something uh, because it's not, it's not the landscape where you could just throw up a product page on Amazon and you're automatically getting eyeballs. It's just not like that anymore. Uh, but private label also offers a little bit of a larger moat because it's more difficult. There's higher capital requirements. There's a different skill set. You can't just read a keep a graph and say, okay, I'm going to knock this product off. You've got to say, well, what can I do to make it better? And, and how can I make sure that everything is optimized and I'm going to get eyeballs and, and so on. All right. So those are the three things that you should do instead. If you want to go the private label route, fine. Wholesale arbitrage are great ways to get your feet wet. It's not that it's not going to be a hands-off business, okay, which there is no there is no such thing. There's no such thing as a hands-off business, uh, you know, unless you're an investor in something. It's just not going to happen. But then you have no control. Uh, so, yeah, make sure, just stay away from Amazon automation. I, <laughs> for everything good and holy, just don't, don't fall for these guys' sales tactics. Yeah. And then you kind of walked it up the ladder, you know, the, the order that you went kind of went small, medium to large as far as the bets that you make, um, you know, but it, it might be worth mentioning that, you know, there are larger bets that you can make in arbitrage as well. Mm -hmm. You know, how many sellers have we talked to that build relationships with store managers, you know, whether it be at Walmart or whether it be a discount store to where you or, or Kohl's, I've heard that as well. You know, you get friendly and you build a relationship, uh, uh, you know, bring donuts to, to, uh, for the crew and whatnot and, um, sugar and carbs. We're back to it. That's right. <laughs> We've come full circle. Um, you know, but you, know, you build a relationship in, uh, retail stores and, you know, you could start making larger bets, mm -hmm. um, safe, <laughs> pretty safe bets, you know, if yeah. you've got the blessing of, of the store manager. So, you know, that's you're not limited to small bets only with arbitrage and only small to medium bets with with wholesale. You know, you can scale those up, too, and 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 do pretty well. You know, that that reminds me of something I think you brought up in one of the past episodes is I think that there is going to be a, a opportunity for larger and larger bets here in the future in the arbitrage space. And, and here's why. In the past. Uh, I've known some guys who have gone and they've bought out entire stores that are being liquidated and being closed down. Uh, do you remember the, the sports authority franchise or, or store yep. that was around? All right. Oh, yeah. Well, when 
there are some guys here in Florida who bought out at least one entire store when it was being liquidated. Walked in, talked to the manager when, you know, when they're at like 75% off or, or something like that. And they're like, hey, what if we just take the whole place? You know, and I would have loved to see that guy's the look on that guy's face, you know. But from that, they were able to get things like bats and batting helmets and shoes. And then one of the things that they absolutely crushed on was these volleyballs, okay? Leather collegiate volleyballs that, I mean, they picked up for a few dollars and they were selling for like a hundred dollars a pop at the time and selling well, okay? And so uh, then, of course, they went out and, you know, I, I need to dig up this old video, okay? This was, these guys, these guys got a loan from a loan shark. I, they're, you know, when I interviewed this guy, he kind of beat around the bush a little bit. But, you know, the guy was wearing cowboy boots, uh, a sharkskin suit, uh, you know, some gold chains and a cowboy hat. And he was in some office in the, you know, there's like a massage parlor and then there's his office down a hallway. I'm like, that's a I'm like, that's a loan shark. Like, I, th I think a, that's my spirit animal, too. <laughs> You know, that's a, I'm going to get your kneecaps or I'm going to put screws <laughs> to your thumbs when you don't make the payment. Um, and he didn't say no. So uh, they then went out and bought the volleyballs out at the rest of all the sports authorities and just absolutely crushed that year. Wow. Uh, and you brought up how many stores are kind of on the chopping block over the next couple of years. And it was something, wasn't it something like 50,000? retail stores yeah like the original projection was like sixty-five thousand retail stores over the three five years something an enormous stat like that yeah so i i can foresee over the next couple of years while that happens while those start closing down if you are somebody who's willing to find out when they start closing and going in and talking to people and you know Shaking hands, taking those carbs, uh, carbs and coffee will will work. One, it's one of the best networking tools ever. Uh, <laughs> and chat with people, you could probably get the opportunity at buying out some of those stores. Uh, yep. So yeah, we yeah. we do uh, you know local discount store. You know we've we've talked to people that actually get to go and and take a peek before uh, before stuff hits shelves. You know so. And you get a little bit of a little bit of a discount if you take it off the pallet and save them from putting their own stickers on it. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. there are lots of opportunities like that. Absolutely. Uh, anything anything else you want to say on the topic, uh, or you think we exhausted it? No, I I'm trying to come up with my own YouTube script on my uh, my new Amazon automation business. <laughs> it's just uh, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it's frustrating. It's I'll tell you what, if you if you've got a story about this, if you know, if you're listening and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I tried that. I'd love to hear it. I, I would I'd love to be proven wrong. You know, number one, uh, yeah. or I'd, I'd love to just commiserate a little bit and and see what you went through and, and how you overcame it. If you did, uh, because, yeah, that I think that would be a great story is how did you overcome from from the hole that maybe they put you in? Um, but we should probably end off with quote of the week. And uh, Chris, I'm gonna let you take it because I know I know you did the research for these ones this week. Um, so what is what is the quote of the week? Well, I, you know that that TikTok snippet. You know this was this episode had a bit of an edge. 
you know, you, uh, you, you were a little wound up on the topic. So, you know, I, I thought of some snappy ones. Uh, you ever seen the movie Rounders? Great movie. Oh, I love it. Love it. How many times have you seen it? I'm double uh, at least. Oh, just two or three times for me. Okay. All right. Uh, but uh, Mike McDermott in the movie, which is uh, Matt Damon's character, says, if you can't spot the sucker in your first hour at the table, then you're the sucker. Uh, that's, uh, you know, as far as get rich quick schemes and, and ads on, on YouTube that are loading and, and what if I told you uh, scripts. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, and then along those lines, um, I, I was thinking it was P.T. Barnum at first, but um, his is a little bit different. Uh, but the, the quote I liked was a fool and his money are soon parted. Mm, that's a good one. Which is that's uh, that's I, I guess that's Thomas Tusser, which I wouldn't have been able to tell you that before uh, I Googled it. But there's something to be said about that quote because it's almost 500 years old. <laughs> See, that's crazy. It's from the 1500s. And that and that just tells you, I mean, we know about like snake oil salesmen, you know, in the 1800s or early 1900s, you know, selling whatever. You know, heck, I, it was probably just a lot of opium is what it, what it probably was <laughs> most of the time. This will cure everything that ails you. Uh, just a dab of opium under your tongue. But uh, it's kind of crazy how long snake oil has been has been sold, you know, around the world. Just crazy to me. It is, yeah. It really is amazing, and and there's new, you know, there, there's new versions of it coming all the time. But it's all set on the same basic principle, you know. It, it's fascinating, really. Mm -hmm. I won't name any specifics because I don't want to alienate uh, uh, a growing audience. I hope to, I want to keep it that way for this podcast. Uh, but ultimately, those are those are kind of harsh. That you know, and there's been, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're we've been poking sticks at at. Uh, at these bears all, all episodes. So I figured we should probably do something a little more positive, something that you could take away um, on a positive note. And uh, it, it's from Don Quixote. Um, and, and I love the quote, diligence is the mother of good fortune and idleness. It's opposite. Never led to good intentions goal. That's a good one. I really, yeah. really like that. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's basically just the, the, the basic principle, even my story about losing weight, you know, it's it, it, it's just constant, steady, hard work will bring you the best results. And it'll it'll almost create your own luck in a sense, you know, and then I love that. I love the rest of that quote, because usually, um, you know, you usually see that quote if you've seen it before, because um, Benjamin Franklin has one that says diligence is the mother of good luck. Um which, which is good also, but obviously, uh, uh, you know, sibling to this one. But I, I love the second part of this, you know, where it talks about idleness. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it never led to good intentions goal. You know, there's it, you got to put the effort. Just keep keep moving. What was that? What was the great quote from the comment section from last week's episode? You can't oh. steer a ship that isn't moving. Yes, you can't steer a ship that yeah. isn't moving. That was was great. Yeah, so true. Yeah, I love that quote by Don, Don Quixote, or in the Don Quixote book. It, it's almost like James Clear read that and then was like, "Oh, that's an that's an entire book right there." Right. Um, you know, it's it it really is. I I don't know. I've never been. I've never done anything good while I'm being idle, uh, and uh, just plugging away really is. I mean, it's the only thing that gets you to where you want to be. It's just getting getting a little bit better every single day. So keep going, make progress, you know, all those, 
Trust mm-hmm. me, I, I've tried to stay idle as much as possible, and it's I, I, I've I've got a very long running case study, and it doesn't work, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> about the about the only thing it's good for is uh, is a Netflix binge. Other than that, not a whole lot. Yeah, and you know, put on forty pounds and and letting your pro- <laughs> blood run with syrup in it. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, well, guys, I hope you, I really do hope you enjoyed this episode. I, I know that uh, I was probably a little bit more high strung than I, than I typically am, but uh, this one, this one kind of burned, uh, burned me up a little bit. So uh, do us a huge favor, make sure to, uh, you know, hit the like button, drop us a, uh, uh, a comment or uh, leave a review of, uh, of the podcast and, and hit the subscribe button. We'd really, really appreciate it. We're going to keep bringing you guys some episodes. We've got some good stuff in the works, I think. And we've got, I'm starting to get some, uh, some guests lined up. I've got some Chris's who said that they will come on and, and chat with us. Chris mania. Uh, exactly. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be a good, good thing. And, uh, I do wish, I do wish we had kind of a producer to give us a grade at the end of every show, like one of our other favorite podcasts, but, uh, maybe, maybe one of these other episodes, we'll let a guest do that. So Chris, I appreciate you, uh, you being here, man. Uh, Guys, make sure also check in the comment section or the uh, the details about the show, and you're going to see uh, our Instagram uh, handles. Go out, give us a follow. Uh, I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. And uh, see you guys next week. Chris, thanks for hanging out, man. I appreciate you. Good to see you, Chris. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite FBA group. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear more from us in the future. Also, I'd like to give you some free gifts for listening. Head over to rabbittrailchallenge.com and repricerchallenge.com for some free courses to further your business. Thanks for listening.